Welcome to the Beyond Barriers podcast. If you're an ambitious woman who wants to advance in leadership, then this podcast is for you. This podcast is co-hosted by Nikki Barua, digital innovator, serial entrepreneur, author, and speaker, and Monica Marquez, senior corporate leader, ex-Googler, and diversity expert. From inspiring stories to cutting-edge strategies, you'll learn how to develop the skill set, mindset, and tool set to get future-ready fast and accelerate your success. Hi, I'm Nikki, your host for this episode. We've all heard the saying, you only live once, or YOLO, in a world of text-abbreviated acronyms. Most give it the meaning of, make the most of the days you have. Some take it to mean, do the things you find enjoyable or exciting. But a few, like our guest today, take it to the next level by using it as a catalyst for inspiration and the motivation to take on any challenge that comes their way. Meet Robin Streisand, CEO and founder of The Mix and Titanium Worldwide. Robin left her corporate job to pursue her mission of creating something for the greater good. Not wanting any regrets or any would've, could've, should'ves, Robin launched her entrepreneurial career 25 years ago and has never looked back. Today, Robin is one of the most successful leaders in the industry as she celebrates the 25-year anniversary of guiding the Mix Agency. As a community builder, Robin was determined to open doors for others, so she launched Titanium Worldwide, the world's first collective of certified diverse agencies in the marketing, media, and communication space. In this episode, Robin shares her inspiration for entrepreneurship and why we shouldn't deny ourselves the once-in-a-lifetime chance of bringing our gifts to the market. She also shares how building the right company culture isn't something you can buy. Robin is a recognized figure in the LGBTQ community, featured in Out Magazine as the most influential Out 100 people in the United States. Her commitment to working with diverse-owned businesses has always been a point of passion, where she continues to focus on leveraging the business potential of independent, diverse companies. Visit imbeyondbarriers.com where you'll find show notes and links to all the resources in this episode, including the best way to get in touch with Robin. Hi, Robin. Welcome to the Beyond Barriers podcast. Oh my God, Nikki, I'm so excited to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. Well, I'm personally super thrilled to have you on our show because I'm a huge fan of yours and I've admired you as this fiery entrepreneur and such a fierce advocate for equality, which I'm so grateful for. Um, I can't wait for our audience to get to know you. So let's dive right in. Um, you know, I want to go back, uh, you know, when you first got started and uh, just trace a little bit about what inspired you to become an entrepreneur. You know, the truth is it, it really was never in my cards, um, but I started my career working for a Fortune 500 brand in marketing, financial services, and I learned a lot. Like it wasn't like my path, but I saw very quickly what worked and what didn't. Mm-hmm. And you know, there was something about those repeat behaviors that you kind of like take for granted or you say, "No, I don't think it really has to be that way." And so discovering like those disruptive behaviors and realizing that I don't know, this could be a moment in time where I could maybe do this better for the greater good instead of just like dealing with status quo. And so I wound up starting the mix 
1996, March 6, 1996, some of my favorite numbers, in my apartment in Union Square, New York, me, myself, and my cell phone, and began this journey of what real entrepreneurship is and took the learnings of what worked and what didn't and said, stake in the ground, I'm going to have it be different. And quite frankly, here we are 25 years later, and I've never looked back. Uh, well, first of all, congratulations, because 90% of companies don't even make it five years, and most of them die by year 10. So the fact that, you know, you're celebrating 25 years really is a huge accomplishment. Um, and to have created the kind of impact in 25 years, uh, working with the kind of brands and really cutting edge work that you've done is absolutely incredible. But in what you shared about your story, you make it sound so easy that, you know, it was just, you saw an opportunity to do it better and you just started your business. And yet in reality, there's so many people that have entrepreneurial dreams and they just remain a dream. You know, they're afraid to take that leap to quit that safe, secure job and the steady paycheck and start something on their own. And even when they do, when things get hard, it's like they'll go back to that safe job again. What advice would you give to someone who's kind of like got that dream and they're terrified of taking that first step? Well, lots of um, lots of thoughts. <laughs> One is I would surround yourself with people you trust. Mm. And um, part of the, the adventure and the journey for me is not knowing, right? And discovering along the way um, who you could count on, who you could run things by. Um, and everything is for me is always grounded in the relationships that I have with people. I would tell you that um, from this earlier time, the relationships from then are still a part of my today, like right now in this moment. And they've been with me the whole time. And I'm constantly going back to them and saying, what do you think about this? Or what do you think about that? And when you have that kind of foundational trust, people, um, they admire you for kind of like your chutzpah to go for it. Because it might be always something that they wanted to do, but we're always afraid to do it. And I don't know, there's something about um, free flow that I kind of like. And I, I like the idea of not necessarily knowing and uncovering how to figure it out. And I don't think it, there's ever like a one size fits all in any mm -hmm. of it. And so I, you, have, you have one life, right? Yeah. And in this one life, you don't want to have like these what it would have, could have, should have moments. Or what if I would have done this? What would it have mm -hmm. looked like? I never want that. And I think people just have to look within and take a chance. And there's always fallback and there's always go to and you could always get like a status quo job. But once in a lifetime to bring your gifts to the market is, mm -hmm. I don't know, like something that you, you really can't deny yourself. And I'm like, do it at all costs. I love that. I mean, 
um, your spirit of adventure and excitement and growth really shows through. And that's really the beauty of the journey is that you get to constantly learn and grow and evolve. Um, I recently heard this quote that hell on earth is meeting the person that you could have been. And it really sums it up of, you know, not waiting for that potential to stay locked and, and instead just uncovering it and unleashing it. Yeah, and you can imagine in our, in this industry, in the marketing, media, and communication space, how radically different it's been over 25 years, right? right? I mean, we've gone from print to digital to integrated to like all these other platforms and channels. So it's never really been the same ever. And every day is like day one. So... I'm learning constantly and reinventing and coming up with ideas and solutions in ways that would never be applicable back then, but taking those skills and and those learnings and bringing it forward and now being able to innovate and try new things and have them literally click and resonate, Mm -hmm. it's a beautiful thing. Absolutely. So when you got started, you said it was, you know, you and your cell phone, you know, you're on your phone trying to build your business. One of those flip phones, phones, right? Um, You know, and yet here you are with a roster of absolutely top notch global brands that trust um, the mix and uh, trust you as their advisor. How did that happen? How do you inspire trust in breaking through these big brands? Because we all know that's really hard. A lot of people end up doing business with small, medium companies because they can't break into enterprise. And if they do, they don't really get that trusted relationship. What what helped you? And again, how what advice would you give to someone to sort of, you know, land the whales, if you will? Yeah. Well, I think, you know, because the journey has been so long and because of the relationships that I had from back then, a lot of us have grown up in the business together. Right. So, And as people move from one job to another job to another job, we would kind of be a gift with purchase. And so it would allow us to have access and entry into brands that I really knew nothing about. But because of the trusted relationship between the client and myself, and so we knew how to onboard them. It was pretty much a three-year plan. It was um, being a part of it so many times that it's replicatable, but it's learning a new industry, a new like organizational structure, understanding the gaps and the opportunities, but yet it was always leveraging our skill set about having vision and always standing for like the root core of who we were. And now I don't want to say it's become just second nature, but it kind of has been. Mm -hmm. And it's never really about the brand. It's about the people that work for the Mm. brand and their advocacy and championing working with independent, smaller companies that bring this level of passion and commitment and quality product every time, again and again and again, so much so that when they veer away, 
I even get calls to this day, um, having clients call and they're like, oh my God, you cannot imagine the challenges <laughs> and pain that we are going through right now. And can you help me with this? And, you know, I'm like, of course, you know, it's <laughs> almost like second nature. Right. And we didn't even have an agreement or like um, any kind of like paperwork or anything. And we know that that's the most arduous piece of it is becoming like a preferred vendor inside of one of these big mm -hmm. wells. But the truth is, is that brands are looking for help. They're looking for guidance. They're looking for leadership and they're looking for people that will help them regardless of the budget, the time frame, and um, whether they, they're uncomfortable also not knowing, right? Mm -hmm. And so there's always this problem solving, like knitting it together and figuring it out together and then having like these aha moments of alignment and then like literally mapping it out and going for it. And so I think about like the younger generation that are coming up and they are so much more well suited for what's happening in today's world. And they are fearless and they are mindful and they are operating with purpose and meaning. And I think that their chances of being world-class entrepreneurs, the, the, the ocean is blue and the sky is right and the playing field is level and yeah. there is opportunity for everybody to kind of have their seat at the table yes this really is uh even though the last 12 to 15 months have been challenging and you know it's also um amazing what opportunities exist today for people around the world it's sort of the world is flattened in a way and more connected and anyone with a big dream and the determination to go after it can achieve anything um what are you most proud of in you know your entrepreneurial journey there's got to be so many incredible things but what are you personally most proud of i'd say there are three key moments along the way one uh we the mix became the agency of record for rockefeller center around the relaunch of the top of the rock brand wow. and um we pitched against 13 i'll never forget it I'm still very close with the key stakeholder who is now left there and went somewhere else and we're working for and then went there and now still working for. So again, core fundamentals around relationship and trust and building. But we pitched against 13 agencies, made it to five, three, and, and we won. And it was game changing. It was New York. It was destination it put the mix on the map. And I'll just never forget the launch of the first campaign. And it was more about the level of strategy that went into the ideas of why, why this campaign, who is the audience, how we formulated like the program and the rollout plan. But most importantly, it was the creative. Mm. And we did a very targeted program to the local community in the New York area because as locals, 
Rock Center is what we might call upstate. And we don't venture above 34th Street. And so this was an opportunity to kind of reconnect the local audience with what it meant to like see New York from top of the rock. And we did a black and white campaign that was so incredibly sexy and relatable to the New York audience that within a matter of like six months, we overachieved or over-indexed against what our KPIs and goals were. And I will never forget that campaign as long as I live. And I actually have pictures in my office of that campaign. Still to this day, people are like, oh, you did that? And I'm (laughs) like, oh, you remember that? I mean, we're talking like 15 years ago, but it lives today like fresh and new and took all kinds of risks and chances, but it was a tall order like around the ass. Mm-hmm. And in order to do it, it, it took that level of risk taking and mm-hmm. like fresh thinking and innovative ways of doing things in order for it to work. And it worked. That's incredible. So that, sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to say, so that's one, one of the most proud moments of this 25-year run. And then I would say the second was the launching of the LGBT campaign for Mercedes-Benz. So that took three years of decks and documents. And reason why a brand and an audience like perfectly sync up and, and what an opportunity on the table before everybody else started doing it. Yeah. And so always having vision and insight around forward and bringing these kind of nuggets to clients early stage so that they could capitalize on something. And, you know, it's not easy, especially that was a German brand. This was the U.S. presence. And it took three years to sell in the idea. And now we are six years into the program and it has become the benchmark for Mercedes-Benz and connecting with the LGBT community and the the quality of the work, the creative, the message always tied in with what was happening in the world, whether it was marriage mm-hmm. equality, whether it, you know, it it was very deliberate every year over year campaign we did. So we were really um, tapping into the hearts and minds of the audience and remaining like authentic mm-hmm. around this product and the positioning and why it should matter to you. And we built the audience from nothing and scaled it little by little by little over the course of time. And it's become the benchmark for so many brands in the space. Wow. That's amazing. And I'd say the third um, thing, and there's probably more, but the third thing is the mix has been able to retain its company culture. Mm. And I I have to tell you, March 16th that day, uh, another day I'll never forget. Um, And what that was like to like go into COVID and... Here we are being a strategic creative agency that's grounded in collaboration. And now we're going to be working from home. And 
I'm like, this is not happening. Like, how are we? But you know what? The truth is we came together and we did it. And Mm -hmm. we found things to do along the way that kept us grounded and like bonding and whether it was happy hour or doing, you know, um, special things just amongst the leadership team. But we always from then to March 16th and now it's been one of the most important aspects of the mix as an agency is it's culture, it's mm. energy, it's passion, it's quality, it's never settling. It's always going for the right things for the right reason. And as much as the team has changed and we're in the midst now of celebrating our 25 years of all the people that have helped us get here, we're going back in time and we're reconnecting with some of those people and highlighting and promoting them. And they too are a part of the mixed culture and family. And it's, it's just an emotional time and, you know, there's lots of things as an entrepreneur that you do wrong every single day, but having a company that, that, that believes in itself and the people believe in each other and then therefore that kind of transcends outward as an energy, as a mindset, as a way of working, it's not the kind of thing that you could just buy anywhere. Mm-hmm. And people in this day and age are looking for positive people and bringing, doing what they do, of course, but in spite of all of it, like remaining happy and passionate and excited about what they're doing every day and continuing on our path forward as we come back to work. So I'm really proud of our ability to be able to do that together. That's that's an amazing feat because it hasn't been easy for businesses in the past year to survive, let alone, you know, actually thrive with, you know, that connection and sense of belonging and retain that creativity and find a new path forward, really reinventing in the midst of this. But, you know, the other thing that stands out in the three things uh, you shared is that the through line is so much about passion and innovation, you know, whether it was doing something for the Rockefeller Center or for Mercedes or even, you know, the mixed culture it seems like all of those are grounded in a deep sense of, you know, passion and the creativity and innovation to sort of set this benchmark and find a way. Um, and I can see that it comes from you as the founder. So on that, what drives, what gives you that, you know, drive and that absolute sort of sense of passion every day? What yeah. fuels you? Yeah. Well, I, um, I consider myself extremely fortunate. Like I'm so extroverted in connecting and talking to people. I've always been naturally curious. So Mm -hmm. this whole idea of wanting to know what's behind the door or wanting to understand how that person like got that company off the ground and just sending a note more out of just curiosity and wanting to know and wanting to learn from whether it's, you know, a tech platform or 
somebody reinventing like a Fortune 500 brand and they're offering and repositioning themselves and transforming. And so I've worked really hard to maintain conversations, stay relevant by talking to people, doing podcasts, speaking engagements, attending like seminars. Like I have been constantly dipping in and out of all the live programming that's available to us. I mean, Mm -hmm. I've probably learned more of what's happening in our industry over these 16 months than I've learned over my 30 year like career experience. And I'm just, I'm not afraid. Right. Mm -hmm. And like, what is the worst thing that could happen? Somebody could say, no, thank you. We're not interested. Somebody could say, you know, sorry, we don't have the time for that or not return an email or a call, but I'm pretty persistent and I inevitably use the tools that are brought to us, whether it's LinkedIn or Instagram or Facebook for that matter, or any of the other platforms and I'm active and it's Mm -hmm. a part of my daily routine, kind of like what my fitness routine is like. I don't think, I don't know, I'm 58. I've been married to my wife for 22 years. We have two kids. But the thing that every day makes it happen is that I work out every day. Like it is not not happening. And Mm -hmm. I when we're up in the air traveling, going to conferences and meetings, I plan my life around my fitness. And what the Mm -hmm. what my fitness does for me is it it gives me a moment to or organize my thoughts in my brain hmm. and it gives me the space to be able to think. And it's a behavior and a practice that I've always had. And as the pressure gets higher and bigger and greater, the simple practice of doing just maybe not the same workout, but the practice of working out every day has given me freedom to continue to lead, to continue to grow and continue to meet people and make a difference. That's amazing to hear about a daily habit that is so empowering and really the source of your energy and um, focus every day. And interestingly, it's the thing that a lot of people are, you know, tend to drop the first when life gets busy and stressful. The first thing that goes out the window is self-care, fitness and Uh, just taking care of your basic needs. So given that you've been doing this daily for such a long period of time, what are some ways that you've made it work? Because you travel a lot. You have an insane schedule. You're running two companies. You've got a family and kids and, you know, all kinds of pressure. So if you can make it a daily habit that you never skip, anyone can do it, right? So do you do it at the same time? You know, how long do you do it? Give us some tips about like, how did you establish that as this non-negotiable in your life? So I think, you know, having it like a priority, everything is uh, rooted and grounded around it. So it is a morning thing, right? Because, you know, we're in the creative business. We're not really reliable at night. And, you know, there's always those that last minute changes that are coming in that all of a sudden we're getting out at seven and now it's 10, right? It's just the nature of the beast. But always setting aside like the 6.30 to 8 o'clock hour and a half 
And I've always changed it up. Um, during COVID, I bought a Soul Cycle bike, not a Peloton, because we're about the riding experience. Um, I have, um, there's a, a particular Soul Cycle teacher that had launched a platform called Houseworks. And I bought her app and I've been working out with her the entire time from home. And, you know, sliders, bands, and a couple of small weights travel with me wherever I go. And you could do, and now with all the um, resources available online, mm -hmm. I'm finding myself having more variety than I've ever had. And I'm trying new things all the time. So it's, again, feeling fresh and feeling new, but it's always the 630 to 8 o'clock time frame every day, mm -hmm. no matter what. And, you know, I would say um, my leadership team, they're like, we need to put structure in like Robin does with this workout routine because there is nobody that is tapping in. Like, it's not even an option for me to take a meeting. It doesn't matter who it is. It doesn't matter what it's about. It's like, this is my time to get ready for the day. And it's really non-negotiable. That is, that's, you know, just setting that as a non-negotiable as a starting point, because if you're willing to give up the things that fuel you, then what's left of you? I'm done. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And, you know, um, we hear from so many of our, you know, Beyond Bears participants and members, um, as well as folks that we work with in companies that, you know, especially over the past year, burnout has been on the rise, you know, uh, people are really stressed out. And for women, especially, it's more of, a, you know, it's it's almost sort of double duty, if you will, between work and home responsibilities, more of that has fallen on women, there are significantly higher number of women that have dropped out of the workforce. Um, and it's really an unfortunate and really sad situation to find ourselves in. Um, how would you guide someone that is struggling with sort of balancing it all, like going from meeting to meeting all day long because they have a job, you know, they don't have their own business. So they have a job where it's meetings after meetings. There's no time for a break. There's no time to grab a meal. You know, those workouts are just a wish, you know, they never happen. So we often hear, well, you know, I don't have my own business. I have a job. So how do I still find time for self-care? How do I don't get into that pattern of burnout and sort of, you know, find that I can't even make it through. What What is the straight talk you would give to someone who's dealing with that situation? Well, I have a lot of empathy, number one. Mm -hmm. And I don't know, I've, I've downloaded um, a couple of those meditation apps where I could just take five minutes, mm -hmm. literally plug in, go into the other room, light a candle. And it's something that I've also taken on as a practice as a Zen moment is that I literally used every candle in my apartment, which <laughs> I had lots of candles as decorations that have now been burned through because I needed something that I was going to be able to focus on that was going to give me calm. 
And I don't know what that was because I'm typically not calm, but like, it's almost like the candle was on, it was burning and like, mm. I would see it and I'm, I would have calm like for an instant or a moment. But these apps around five minutes mm-hmm. have given, um, I, I've had success during the day, just around five minutes for me. Sometimes I even, if, you know, Linda's here and the dog, I've even gone into the bathroom, shut the door, put my pods in and just do five minutes and just deep breaths and Mm -hmm. just tune out. And I'll tell you, it's like a power nap (laughs) in a weird way that um, you don't really ever get. But it did work. These five minutes of trust and going forward. Yeah. I recommend them highly. And you'll have to find what works for you because there's all different kinds. And you know, I'm about calm, even if it's just listening to the rain on my pod and closing my yeah. eyes and looking at the candle. Yeah. Yeah, I, I do the same. Actually, you know, I'm a big fan of the Calm app and I meditate daily and I can believe how much difference it made. And, and it, you're right, because even in the midst of a busy day, you could find the five minutes to just sort of switch state and instantly regain and re- rejuvenate yourself for that next, you know, power hour of work. And it's a lot. Like I had. I, and I mean this in all honesty, like I have so much empathy for women or people with children. I mean, I don't, my kids are older and out, so I don't have them here on a daily basis. I'm not having to self-school them and deal with that. And it makes me nervous. Like, I, I don't even know if I could do it. I guess I would figure it out like anything else. Mm-hmm. But I have a lot of a lot of compassion and empathy for people during this time that have had to go through that. Yeah. Yeah. It's and our, our hope is that, you know, through our podcast and other things that we will continue to provide the sort of strategies for how to cope and find a way because um, there's always a way you just have to find out what's what's going to work for you, you know, in whatever way. What if you could pinpoint the invisible ceilings limiting your success? Imagine having clarity on your strengths and barriers so you can take action and gain unstoppable momentum to advance as a future ready leader. Well, that's exactly what the Beyond Barriers quiz will help you discover. You'll get your personalized score based on the 25 essential elements proven to accelerate success in the digital age, so you can understand what's holding you back and where to focus your efforts. The Beyond Barriers quiz is completely free and takes just a few minutes. Go to IamBeyondBarriers.com slash quiz and take the quiz today. Let's switch gears to talk about titanium. Now, you already had a very successful business. And then, you know, uh, you set an even more audacious goal. (laughs) Really big, 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 uh, you know, dream. And but an even bigger mission, which is so powerful, which is 
creating opportunities for other people. This wasn't just about you. This was about creating the path for others. Share with the audience what Titanium is. Tell us how it's going and uh, where where to next. Yep. So Titanium actually, June 24, Titanium will turn seven. So it is a startup. Um, the idea was really born out of, um, it was really designed as a growth strategy for the mix, mm. meaning that the mix really focuses on strategy and creative. And the need for all those ancillary channels, PR, social, digital, experiential, like I, I needed those services. And it was a pivotal moment in time around either scaling the company size up or coming up with an innovative way mm -hmm. to have all those services at my disposal so that we could work together seamlessly. And look, we've all been there, done that around white labeling partners or saying these are my SMEs or these are my consultants. But, you know, over the course of years, it got more and more complicated and procurement played such an important role in the onboarding of agencies and the disclaimers and the legal and the all that that goes into um, having permission to work with the company. And I don't know, there is something about, you know, the 25, 30 person company where um, it feels manageable. And I thought, I don't know, I couldn't even, and good people are so hard to find, right? Let alone the need to find, to really scale the company up. So it was just an idea that, is it possible that we could find like-minded, independent agency entrepreneurs that were subject matter expert in their category, whether it's PR, experiential, social, whatever it might be, that would be willing to come together under one umbrella and operate as one brand. Mm. And the key piece of all of this that is invaluable is that the criteria mandates that you are certified minority owned and operated so mm -hmm. that the entire collective model is operating as diversity as its business strategy. Yes. So I started this little journey and I spoke with over 150 agencies geographically placed all over the U.S., calling them up one at a time, meeting these CEOs from the ground up and talking about this little idea I had about this building this solution for the future around um, independent agencies collaborating for growth, right? Mm -hmm. It was all about growing together for each mm -hmm. other. And everybody would benefit because we are all mature businesses. We have current clients, prospective clients. We have clients that we would love to work for, but might not have the case studies. Mm -hmm. So if you start to look at titanium as 
an enterprise-wide solution that is a one-stop shop for a brand that covers everything in marketing, media, and communications. So in coming into year seven, we'll have 20 plus agencies. And I'd say in 2019, at the end, we secured our very first AOR. Wow. It took me longer than I thought, but you know, I'm not a quitter. <laughs> and you have to like find the right kind of client that would be up for trying such an innovative solution because it's designed like a holding company, but I don't own any of the agencies. So this idea of independence has every agency doing business their way. And so we're talking about mobilizing and operationalizing a model that is complex. It's mm -hmm. not just turnkey and plug and play. And so it's about the criteria. It's like code of trust. It's about ways of working and constantly innovating. And with that, agencies have come and gone. But I'll tell you, once we won this AOR, we have a proof of concept. I know it could be done. I know how to do it. We have the infrastructure to support it. And now, I don't want to say that everything has a silver lining, but the light has been shining on the agencies of Titanium, just given where we are in the world. Yeah. Right. And we are now being pursued literally because of who we are. And mm -hmm. brands are looking for trusted partners that can help them bring forward their commitment to working with diversity, equity, and inclusion. And that doesn't only mean as an agency partner, it might be understanding some of the best practices that we've seen work in other clients and how do they bring them into their company. It could be we're revamping our entire supplier diversity program. Can you help us? Mm -hmm. But what brands have seen and are now awoke to is the idea that it is a do or die moment mm -hmm. and they have to, they cannot afford to not do it right. And so they're going to trusted people in every industry for kind of like the lens of authority in the space. And it has bowed very well on the agencies of titanium worldwide so it's not boastful it's more humble and unfortunate that this is what has had to happen in the world mm -hmm. for us to be brought to the table as a viable solution for a brand to get what they need right well but it also reflects preparation meeting opportunity. I mean, you had this vision seven years ago at a time when nobody was thinking about diversity as a business strategy um, yeah. or even as a uh, differentiator in business. Yeah. And not only did you attempt to do it alone, you brought together like-minded founders and agency leaders um, that collectively increase the horsepower, you know, of competition in the marketplace. Um, 
that ability to sort of spearhead change and to lead others, especially lead peers, is almost harder, right? You're dealing with agency leaders that, uh, you know, trying to sort of herd the cats, if you will, and go in with a unified approach. Um, the seven years of preparation and hard work in doing that um, has set you up for success. And so the lesson for our audience in that, they may not be doing something similar. They may not be in this industry. But the real lesson in that is that if you have a vision for something that can create massive value for everybody involved, for the stakeholders, for the customers, for the for society, you know, and if you really believe in it, even if it seems like it's early to market or it doesn't quite, it's not quite clear how it's going to work, or what the opportunity is, you know, your story illustrates that just go for it, you know, just let it unfold and keep working at it. And one fine day, you know, somehow the right uh, dots connect. And that's when things blow up. It's, it's really been incredible. I have to say, I've learned, I've learned so much, right? Imagine all of these agency CEOs that run their independent business and the the knowledge share that mm-hmm. happens amongst all of us. We get together four times a year, all agency, like in a room, and there's extensive programming and guest speakers and talking about trends and insights and what we're seeing. And we're all looking at it through the lens of how do we best help our clients deal with whatever is on the table in the moment. But the 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 connection, the 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 knowledge, the commitment, the passion that we all share, it, it's magnetic. And we have um, on June fifteenth our first in person member development day that we've had in over a year or. 16 months, whatever it is, we haven't been in person. We've been getting together regularly, but not in person. And so everybody's flying in and we're just like so excited to see each other. And I want to make it so special. And just as a little sneak preview, I, um, my daughter bought me this and now I'm getting one for everybody are Uh. the little titanium made hearts. Uh, and I'm going to give one to each of the agency owners as kind of like a simple, like my daughter just found this. She was in Colorado at um, a, a bridal shower and they were in, they were walking in this, I and mean, you can't make this up. And she saw this and it's a titanium heart. And she's like, <laughs> oh my God. And she gave this to me last night. And I'm like, now it's sitting in front of me. And now my eye is on it. And now I'm like, I'm getting one of these for everybody because <laughs> it's special. It feels good. It's a reminder and it's all about love, right? Mm-hmm. And how we think about life and our families and our colleagues and our friends and our clients. So I don't, yeah, it, it's like a perfect storm. Yes, it really is. And there's so much to celebrate in that. Um, and speaking of love, you are um, also such an inspiration to folks in the LGBTQ community. You've been a huge champion and um, just a fierce advocate on so many fronts. Um, you've also been recognized by Out Magazine as one of the top most influential people. Um, you know, 
where we are in history, you know, we've come a long way um, as a community, but there's also a lot further to go. Um, as we speak in Pride Month, you know, there's there's hopes for an, a more equal world. Um, there's also recognition of all the progress we have made, but so much more to do. What What is top of mind for you, both personally and professionally, and as a societal leader? You know, tell us more about where, um, you know, what you think about this point in time in history. Well, there's lots of focus for us on the trans community right now. Mm-hmm. And this whole education, you can tell them in New York, you could hear the sirens. I can't block that out no matter how hard I try. It's the fabric of my city. Um, but gender, race, equality are at the forefront of all the work that we are doing. And um, about four years ago, Again, it's about vision and foresight. I saw this coming, and um, I had the opportunity to meet with Rob Smith, the founder and CEO of The Fluid Project, which was the first gender-free, non-binary retail experience ever in the world to open up in New York. And from the moment I met Rob, I, I saw what he saw, and I, like, glommed onto it. So he is now on a bigger purpose mission around where where and how do companies train their people around gender and the use of pronouns and education and what does this mean and how does it impact you and it is where we are focusing. And I would say the majority of the Fortune 50 are already on this path, right? Because the truth is Gen Z and Gen Alpha right behind them are our future. And this is who they are. Mm-hmm. They don't, they stand for all of the letters. They stand for a company whose mission and purpose is grounded in inclusion and equality. And there needs to be more education in people are so afraid Mm -hmm. and they don't know where to go and they don't know what to do. And so we're putting ourselves out there to be able to just start conversations with brands around the conversation of gender, Mm -hmm. identity, how it impacts race, how it impacts what people already think they know they know. Mm -hmm. And things are right. There's this intersection happening of all these letters, Mm -hmm. right? And there's, a rebirth of these new identities that is causing a lot of disruption and people are uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. So we're trying to be a safe place. We're, we're being very thoughtful about our approach. 
and how we're bringing this to market and we're being um, selective in who we bring the conversation to because a brand has to want to do it from the inside mm-hmm. first before they get public about it. It's nice to be able to check a couple boxes, but the 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 real energy comes from within when a company is starting from the right place and taking the right steps around getting educated and trained so that that can transcend inside the company mm-hmm. and then be shared outside. That yeah, I mean it. It's not a time where lip service is oh. you know going to fly, right? And people see right through that. And but on the flip side, there's also tremendous opportunities for individuals and organizations to really stand up and uh, take a stance and pave the way. So yes. um, that's I couldn't yeah. agree more. And I consider myself like privileged to to be at the forefront of this conversation, Mm -hmm. right? I couldn't have predicted this back then that this is what it was going to be, but it is an honor Mm -hmm. and it's no um, easy task to show up every day knowing that I'm a representative and an ambassador of Mm -hmm. these diverse communities. And I, I do it with great pride and integrity and respect. Mm-hmm. Well, um, and we're all grateful for that. So, uh, Robin, I want to close out with one final question, which is if you had a billboard right there in the New York City skyline, uh, what would it say? What's your message to the world? You only live once. Go for it. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Well, you are certainly a phenomenal example of just that. And, uh, you know, just your energy and uh, vitality with which you approach everything is so inspirational. I'm so glad we got to have this conversation and I'm excited for everyone else to learn from you as well. Thank you for being here. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. It's a privilege. Thank you for listening to the Beyond Barriers podcast. There are thousands of podcasts out there. And we are so grateful that you've chosen to listen to ours. If you enjoyed the show, please leave us a rating and tell a friend about it and subscribe to get new episodes every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Visit IamBeyondBarriers.com where you'll find show notes, links, and the best way to connect with our guests. See you next episode.